0: Good morning, MVCC. We are so excited that you decided to spend some of your weekend here with us. If you're new here with us today, we wanna get connected, so go ahead and text connect to the number on your screen. If you're wondering how you can get more involved here with us at MVCC, we wanna let you know how to serve. So if you wanna get some information on that, go ahead and text serve to the number on your screen. Right now, we're gonna jump into a time of worship. Join us as our worship leader, Mark, leads us in this time. I lean my own understanding. My I will climb this mountain with my hands wide open. I will climb this mountain with my hands wide open. I will climb this mountain with my hands wide open. When I feel alone, oh God, you're near, I'm my lowest, oh God, you're near, Cause you're near, I feel alone, when I feel alone. Oh, God, you're near at my lowest Join I join by a play and hope will arise as we become the conquerors through. That was such an amazing worship session, and we don't have to just stop there. Another way that we can continue in our worship is through giving. We try to make that as easy as possible for you here. So go ahead on over to our mobile app or our website. It's time to jump into the Word with Pastor Mike. We're super excited to hear what he has to say, so let's head on over.
1: I'm glad we could be together around the Word today at Mission Christian Church. Glad you could join us. Uh, I'm doing a series called Compelled, Compelled to Share Your Faith. And the reason I um, just felt this burning in my heart to do this four-part series is I just think with everything going on right now in our society and our culture, this is a prime time for us to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, my prayer is in these next few moments together, God will reveal the greatest message that He could ever give to you, and that is that He loves you, He gave His life for you, and He wants you to follow Him. But let's, let's begin with prayer. Father, we just thank You so much For this opportunity always, God, to open up the Bible, to listen to your voice, to hear a message from you, God, a life-changing message. I pray, God, anyone watching or listening to this, that there's genuine life change and transformation. And God, my prayer is let it begin with me here in this moment. And we ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 40, which I love the story. We're going to get to this in just a moment. Um, but I just want to revisit once again why we're doing this. I believe through the scripture that God made it very clear that his goals are absolutely crystal clear, and the one major goal that God has is that he came to save the world. He came to save our soul. He came to break down the barrier of sin and death and all those things that that rack us so that we could be free to know him personally on earth, but also to receive salvation. Now the tragic thing about all this is that Um, statistics tell us that most followers of Christ, most people who say, yes, I believe in Jesus Christ, I've given my heart to Him, I've received Him, um, do not actually share their faith. And unfortunately, I I think that that is a tragedy. My hope is that there'll be some change. Um, My hope is that we'll be compelled, not because we have to, but because we love God, because He first loved us, and there's nothing that could stop us from sharing the message Of Jesus Christ with others. You know this um, reminds me before we get into the text about um, just compelled to see things differently and compelled to share our faith. Um, We had my wife and I lived in Hawaii um, in 1996 to 2000 and when we lived there we served uh, young people junior high and high school and college-age students. Well um, we decided that we were going to do a mission trip here on the mainland so we took them here from um, this tiny island of Oahu spent two weeks here and the very last day we surprised them by taking them to Disneyland this was so cool because um, most of those kids had never been to Disneyland they lived in Hawaii all their life and this is the first time they've been there now I've been there probably 150 times and so um, when we took them through Disneyland it was the most exciting thing that I had ever experienced going to Disneyland because I saw through their eyes as they experienced it for the very first time it was awesome because it gave me a whole new appreciation for what Disneyland is. It also gave me appreciation to not take it for granted that we had these passes, you know, when my wife and I first got married, that we got to go to Disneyland whenever we wanted. And I think in the same way, God made it really clear, unless we share our faith, we will not appreciate the salvation that we have and appreciate the fact that God loves us for free and He wants us to simply get that message out. Why do I believe that? Because. I believe that's what the Word of God says in Philemon chapter 1, little chapter, verse 6. It says this, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will know every good thing that we share for the sake of Christ. You know what that verse is telling us is that we ought to be active in sharing our faith story with others. And in doing that, when we share our faith, we appreciate what we have in Christ. And so I really want us to be compelled to share the greatest message known to mankind. His name was John Hyde. In 1892, he had a passion for lost people. His passion and his uh, drive inside of his heart drove him to India to be a missionary. Now, in that day, in 1892, he was one of five missionaries to India. He was partially deaf. He realized his own weakness before God. And so he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed. But his prayer was not, Lord, fix me. His prayer was, God, use me. The year was 1908, and he asked God for one soul as he was still in India. One soul. He asked one soul for the entire year would get saved. Every morning, he'd wake up, and he pray. And he would pray, and he would pray. That year, 400 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. The next year in 1909, he asked for two souls, two souls to come to Jesus Christ. And that year, 800 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. Soon he became known as Praying John Hyde. And this was his prayer, God, give me souls for you or I shall surely die. His passion, he was compelled, not because somebody told him to, because he knew that Christ had called him to share the good news of Christ and that's all he wanted to do. He would go to the ends of the earth. So the year was 1910 now and that next year he asked God for four souls to come to Jesus Christ. And ultimately at the end of that year, 1,600 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. When John Hyde passed away, the doctor found something extraordinary. He found that literally his heart shifted from the left side to the right side. Nobody knew why. This was a phenomenon that this doctor had never seen before. One person had a theory. Here's, here's what they thought. That when John Hyde received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, that he fell in love with Jesus so much, that he was so compelled to share the good news of Jesus Christ, that his heart shifted. And therefore, he was able to see people through the eyes of Jesus lost and helpless, needing a Savior. Why do I I bring that story up? It's because I believe with all my heart that we need our heart shifted so that we are compelled to not only see people the way God sees them, but to give them and step out, give them the greatest message that can change their life. You know, it's been said that all the world's problems can be solved by one shifted heart at a time. One life touching another life. One heart being changed through the power of God. Our society will then change. There's a great example of that in Acts chapter 8. I want to get right to it. I love this text. If you have your Bibles, turn there. If you have your smartphone, you can just go to the Holy Bible. There's an app, and you can turn to Acts 8. We're going to be in chapter 8, verse 26 to 40. Now, just kind of set this up. Christianity had been spreading now through the apostles and the disciples, and now by thousands of people accepted Christ and were baptized, the church is just spreading like wildfire. When when Jesus told the disciples, I want you to go to Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world, meaning go as far as you possibly can to every person you can to share the gospel and baptize, that's what they did. They just said, Jesus said it, we'll obey it, and we'll see the fruit of it, and we trust God, and we trust His Holy Spirit. Well, that's what Philip did. Philip was one of the seven guys that was chosen way back in the book of Acts early on when the church was just getting started. Which by the way, when we say church, the Bible actually means people. So when the the people were spreading out and sharing the good news, they had a problem. They were staying in that area because they were so on fire for their faith in Jesus Christ that they didn't have a place to live, they didn't have food to eat, they didn't have jobs because they were from other parts of the world, but they wanted that fellowship. So, instead of the Christians complaining about this problem, they decided we got to do something about this. Faith in action, man. That's when the church is at its best, when there's faith in action. And so Philip was one of the guys that didn't say, "Oh man, I don't want that little job of feeding the homeless, feeding those that are hungry." He said, "I am on it. I am your man. I'm one of the chosen seven." You know what's really cool about Philip, I love, is that God used him in the most humble of circumstances. In fact, The Bible says, never despise humble beginnings. That because he was faithful with small things, now we're going to find him in Acts chapter 8, being used of God in one of the most amazing ways with a lost person. So God did an amazing thing where he positioned Philip to do something great simply because of his faithfulness. So in in, in Acts chapter 8 verse 26, it says now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, I want you to go south on that road, the desert road that goes down to from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian, a eunuch and important official in charge of all the treasury of Kadak, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet, and the spirit told Philip Philip, I want you to go over to that guy in the chariot and I want you to get near him. Then Philip ran, ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading from the Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. He says, how can I unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. I just Don't you love this scene? Here's Philip being used of God because he's faithful in the small things. He has an intersection, a divine appointment with this guy who's on his way to Jerusalem, which, by the way, they believe he was on a thousand-mile trek to get to Jerusalem because he was seeking God. He wanted God in his life. He's reading Isaiah 53, and he doesn't understand what's going on, which is amazing because Isaiah 53 is one of the prophetic chapters in the Bible that just unveils that God was going to send the Messiah. He was going to be a suffering servant to save us from our sins by dying on the cross. This is the passage of scripture that the Ethiopian was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and a lamb before its uh, shear is silent. So he did not open his mouth in his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? for his life was taken from the earth. And the Ethiopian asked Paul or to Philip, "Tell me please, who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? And then Philip, began with that very passage of scripture and told him, watch this now, told him the good news about Jesus. As they had traveled along the road, they came to some water and the Ethiopian said, look man, here's some water. What prevents me from getting baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the Ethiopian went down into the water and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the Ethiopian did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azareth and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Now, I I love this scene for many reasons, but for the time allotted here, I I, I love this because um, we're talking about today in this part, this second part series in Compelled, what we're talking about is Knock Knock Who's There, I've entitled it. Last week, we talked about uh, Jesus in John chapter 4 being the bridge builder into the woman who was sitting at the well, bridge building the gospel into her life. So we talked about how to build that foundation of relationship and listening to others and caring and loving people. But then when it's an opportunity for us to then share the good news, how do we do that? Well, I think the very first step and the, the evidence that we see here of God using Philip is Philip was a man of prayer. That's the first step, is prayer opens the heart. Prayer opens the heart of a person on the inside. I believe he's calling his people to pray. In fact, in the month of September at Mission Christian Church, I'm going to be asking everyone, in fact, everyone in our city to join me in prayer for what I believe God wants to do, is that God wants to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to every single person. And he wants to, I believe, reignite faith in people who do believe in Christ, but just aren't connected to the body, to, 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 to church, to a community of people. And so I'm going to ask people to join together. That is what I see in Philip, man. He was a man of prayer because he was following the example of his Savior. In 1 Timothy 2.1, Paul told Timothy this. He said, I urge you, first of all, that petitions, prayers, and intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people. Some of your Bible versions may say for everyone. I looked up that word in the Greek as I was studying that this week and it's funny that word everyone in greek means everyone which means we should be praying for lost people if you have a person in your life that doesn't know the lord god wants you to be praying for him or praying for her now our natural tendency as people is we complain about people if i find myself in that mode of complaining about people and their attitudes and these people don't get along with us and these people don't like us and how come this is going on in this person's life we complain about all this. It could be a measuring stick for the fact that I'm not praying for them. And that's why I think there's an absolutely clear mandate that we be praying for everyone, yes, even lost people in our life, that God would change their heart. I know this to be true. I had a, I have a friend, a um, doctor friend of mine, who we uh, played tennis on, on Friday mornings early, and he had... Um, a strange relationship with his daughters and so he really did everything he could to repair that relationship and they just didn't want to do it. Long story short is, um, every single Friday morning we prayed. Every single Friday morning, right there on the tennis court and we were finished, we sat down and we prayed. God open up her heart, let her father's love just lavish over her. let her see God that you, you, you love her, that her father loves her and wants this restored. Can I just tell you after about a year of praying, Every single Friday, she wanted to restore the relationship with her father and God softened her heart and he positioned her father's heart so there could be reconciliation. I bring that up only to say that this is not like something that happened years ago. This is something that happens right now. God can change the heart of a person when we pray. So God wants us to pray for people that are lost. second thing is about what prayer does and what I see here in Philip's life is that prayer opens doors. Revelation 3.7 says what He, God, opens, no one can shut. And what He shuts, no one can open. Right. God is the only one that can open up a door for someone to find Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I just keep going back to the fact God is looking for faithful people. He's looking for people that will say, yes, Lord, I will step out in faith and I will share my faith. I'll share my faith story. I'll be a bridge builder. I, I will help somebody to know the good news of Christ. Which leads us to number three. Prayer gives us boldness, gives us courage. Have you ever felt not bold? Have you ever felt weak or timid or or not courageous? I certainly have. In fact, almost, I will confess to you almost every Sunday morning, I got jitters in my stomach. I don't feel equipped. I don't feel like I'm the right guy. I get nervous. Even sometimes my stomach is upset. And I will tell you that something happens from the moment that I'm Right there at the edge of this, the, the platform, and then step up to that podium to teach and, and, and give the word of God to God's people, something happens from there to here. And I believe that's prayer. Because sometimes I'm praying, Lord Jesus, you got to give me this message that I prepared, and, and Lord, take me away from it. Take me out of this. And I know there's people praying for me. What I want to say is that if you need boldness and courage in your life, pray, God, make me bold. Help me to have faith to step out and share my faith story with somebody. You know, in Acts chapter 4, it says that the the disciples were bold and courageous because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us boldness. Um, In Acts chapter 4, verse 29, Peter is giving the gospel to his um, opposition, to people that didn't want anything to do with Christianity, but he was going to take a moment to give them the good news. And this is what it says, the believers were in a house praying for him. Lord, consider their threats enable your servants to speak the word of God with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. You know what I love about that? They weren't saying, hey, make it easier for Peter. Get him out of prison. Don't let him get in these situations. God, protect him. They were saying, Lord, use him in this moment to hopefully help people find Jesus Christ. Man, can you think about just imagine with me if believers, if we changed our prayer to God. There's so many lost people around me. God, open doors, change their heart. Give me the boldness and courage to share the greatest message known to mankind. Colossians 4, 2 and 6 says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us, even the leaders too. Pray for us that God may open a door for our message, message so that we might proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. You see what he's saying there? You should know how to answer everyone. Meaning, we got to speak the gospel. Speak the good news. Tell people our faith story. Let them know that they can receive Christ as their Savior. Now, the last thing that I just want to... Bring out of the scripture here. It definitely was prayer. Philip was a man of prayer. Secondly, it was the power of the Holy Spirit that was using Philip, and the power of the Holy Spirit that was softening the heart of the Ethiopian, so that he could receive Christ and be baptized. What an amazing story! I I just truly believe that the Word of God is true. Acts one eight says, "You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria." and to the ends of the earth. That means us, folks. Brothers and sisters, that means us. If you are a Christ follower, I believe God is putting something in you, compelling you to share the good news, not because of guilt, not because we have to, not because it's the right thing to do, but because we've been touched with the love of God. And when we've truly been touched with His love, I believe God uses the Holy Spirit and truth in our story to reach somebody's heart. There was a car wreck in the middle of an intersection, the father and son were traveling late night from one point to their destination. It was late at night, and the little boy was sitting in the back seat. And as the father drove past the wreck, there were three or four cars involved. It was bad. It was a bad one. People literally were were dying. And um, as the car passed by, the little boy said, uh, or the father said to his son, he said, um, "It'll be okay, son. Just go ahead and go back to sleep." And the son said this. He says, Daddy, how can I go to sleep when people are dying? How can I go to sleep when there are people that are dying? How that relates to my life is there are people spiritually dying all around me. How can we reach them? How can we just say, well, God will take care of it. God wants to use you and he wants to use me. So here's what we're going to do. A simple... um, practical way of doing this. Last week I asked you if you were with us to pick five people in your life that are lost who don't know Christ. So um, you're going to receive a pen if you're here on Sunday morning, a very special pen that erases that you can draw on a mirror. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about five people in your life that are lost who need Christ in their life. And then I simply want you to take a moment to write down their names on that mirror that you go into every morning and look at yourself Every single morning, when you brush your teeth, comb your hair, you do it all. And you're going to see these names. And as you see these names, this is going to remind you to be praying for these five people. These are five lost people in your life that God, I believe, has positioned there so that their hearts can be softened through the good news of Jesus Christ. And he desires for you and I to simply tell the story listen, if, if this message has opened up your heart, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. He died on a cross and he rose again to conquer over sin and death so you could be saved. And if that's you right now, if God is calling you, this is the moment to give your heart to Jesus. He simply wants you to believe in him, to receive him, and then to follow him. And we want to help you to do that at Missionville Christian Church. I like to close in prayer. And if you like to follow Christ, I just want to encourage you to pray along with me. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for dying on the cross for me. I thank you for the resurrection power. I receive you now. I admit to you, Lord, that I have sinned against you. Forgive me, God. Thank you for your sacrifice. And God, I invite you into my heart. Help me to live for you now and follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope that we'll get to see you here on a Sunday morning soon. We have an outdoor service at 10 a.m. If you can't meet with us, that's okay. We'll be online at mdcchome.org, and we'll see you here next week.